Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, this is Anita Powell, and I am the host of Black Menopause and Beyond. Black Menopause and Beyond is a podcast that looks at the conversation of menopause through my eyes. And I take into consideration talking to my peers, my own personal experience, as well as my experience gained through my work as a community advocate working out there in the community, work with different people. I work with men, women and children, as well as specialising in working with ethnic minority groups, as well as providing some support to other communities too. And yeah, that's what that's what I do as a person. And that's how I look at the topic of menopause. So sometimes it includes interviews. Sometimes it's just my personal view, my experience and my observations. Um, it's not necessarily scientific or it's not medical, but it's it's just my experience as somebody out there who's experiencing the change because I'm perimenopause. Um, but it's also the conversations that I have with other people as well as my observation. Now, within today's episode, I'm going to today about a few things. So one of the things I'm going to talk about is diabetes. Now, I was diagnosed earlier this year with pre-diabetes and I'll go into a bit more detail when I talk about the particular topic and I'm going to talk about diabetes as well in relation to menopause as well as looking at how the National Health Service is helping me with my um, diabetes. So, um, So I'll talk about that in a moment. I'm also going to talk about a couple of conversations I've had with a few people who are so desperate for menopause um, healthcare that they have opted to go private. But now the cost of living is putting a strain on the purse strings. And I'm just going to kind of just talk about my views on that, really. So I'm going to talk about that. And this week I popped to London and I visited lovely Jenny Stout or Jennifer Stout. Jennifer Stout is a two-time Olympian winner and she's sprinter so she runs slightly faster than me and just slightly um and she attractive fit and intelligent and she's got so much energy jennifer she's i think 57 and i'm sure she's got more energy than an average five-year-old <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's quite interesting um, talking to her because she's very vibrant as a person and she's going to talk about her experience with HRT so um, I met up with her and had lunch and I also did a brief interview with her those are the three topics I'll be talking about in within today's episode So the first topic I'm going to talk about today is pre-diabetes. And as I as I will always explain to you, I'm not medical. And even though I've done some research on the topic, a lot of the stuff I'm talking about is just kind of popped out of my head. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of... So it might be slightly raw with regards to content. Um, and I would always recommend anything I talk about which has kind of medical or scientific you know in reference to medicine or anything like that I always recommend someone do some um, their own research or or and seek medical advice before adopting or copying anything that I might say or do so I'll say that first um, because I'm not a medical professional, I'm a community worker, and also um, I just have opinions and loads of things. So, and that's why I'm here to just kind of share my views and opinions and my observations. So, I am pre-diabetes, and first of all, you're asking what is pre-diabetes? Pre-diabetes is the stage before diabetes. Now, I um, over COVID got that lovely disease called COVID and then I was struggling with long COVID for over a year. I went to the doctor and the doctor did some blood tests and as part of doing the blood test I did the glucose test and my my glucose was high. Um, it wasn't quite in the diabetes area but it was heading towards there. So I'm at a stage where diabetes, that journey that I'm heading towards is reversible. So I've had to like rethink about my diet and health, um, exercise, my relationship with food and etc. and sugar. Um, so I've had to think about that. And also I suppose it's explained sometimes why I'm so tired and exhausted. But what I did find quite interesting when I did some research is I found out that scientists or medical people don't fully understand this. But one of the common side effects of long COVID and COVID is is the fact that we have a higher um, diagnosis of pre-diabetes or diabetes now. And it, there's a strong relationship with COVID and long COVID. Now, the research that's been done clearly shows that there is an increase if you've had COVID or long COVID, but it hasn't truly identified the causes. So it could be that long COVID um, or COVID has had an impact on your um, your your life. So you do less exercise or you, um, you're, you know, you're not so mobile, agile, and maybe it's influenced your eating or you've put on weight or you just, you know, you're just not as active and fit as, as you were before COVID. So it could be that the increased diagnosis of um, diabetes after long COVID could be related to a change of lifestyle, which you have possibly, or I have, um, adopted since falling sick or poorly with long COVID. But also the doctors or the researchers or whatever do not know if long COVID and COVID has had an 
impact on the physiological side of people and therefore covid has gone has appeared in places where it wasn't before and another suggestion has been that covid has just sped up what was going to happen anyway for whatever reason people who were going to go into that kind of pre um pre diabetes diabetes stage they're going to go into it anyway all the stuff that's happened over the past few years has just accelerated the process so they don't quite know why there is a dramatic increase but they know there is an increase um and there is a relationship with covid and for me as i said i had long covid and i'm um and long covid was just tiring it was hard work and my activity level dropped and um, i put on weight um concentration everything was harder um yeah during the long covid so i did find it extremely hard Anyway, so we've got to where we are today and what am I doing about my pre-diabetes and, and what is the relationship with diabetes and menopause? Um, now, for me, my doctors offered me a programme by, let me just get this correctly, Exila, Exila. And Exila, uh, I hope I pronounced it pronounce it correctly, is a, if I believe, a nine-month program where at first you see each other, you go to a class every two weeks to begin with, and then it drops to every month. And the duration from beginning to end is about nine months. And it incorporates discussions around diet, exercise, fitness, explains what diabetes is, etc., whatever. Now, I'm halfway through this program. I've lost some weight. I have a greater understanding of certain foods i really did not know that glucose was something that you need to be kind of conscious of um, not glucose sorry your carbohydrates sorry you need to be conscious of with regards to your sugars i really didn't know so for me one of the lifestyle changes that i've made is i still ha i still eat my carbs so that's that's the first thing you do need carbs but i've reduced the amount of carbs i have and i'm conscious that when I'm taking in carbs, that it, it can still have an impact on my sugar levels in the same way as um, sugar does. I've dramatically decreased the amount of sugar that I take because I did have a sweet tooth. I'm, I'm a, a plus size woman and my plus size does relate to my sugar eating because other than that, my eating... I used to eat a lot healthier actually I, I ate better I think before Covid than I do now but um, my long Covid had an impact on all of me you know um, my lifestyle my lifestyle choices the programme that I'm on by Exila by Exila covers all kinds of things and you meet in a group so I go to this location um now I go monthly and we meet the same group every month and we get weighed we talk about food diet activity each week or each session I should say has a different topic area you're in the same group every session you're weighed you, we generally have different deliverers but the deliverers are quite constant um and yeah we have we have that discussion 
around diabetes, so incorporates education, lifestyle changes, and it does reflection and analysis as well as weighing and you know measuring your waist and all that stuff and talking about your movement level. It, it, it also encourages setting smart goals, talking about barriers to optimize on your health and things like that which is really good so for me how has it changed me um i have lost some weight so i've lost about i think about stone since i started um i understand more so about glucose so i keep saying glucose i understand about carbohydrates so i have reduced my carbohydrates i have increased my vegetable intake i've reduced my fruit intake because you know it is sugar so i've had to try and replace vegetables with sugar and the knock-on effect is my sweet tooth is a lot less and I have less hunger pangs for sugar up until about a month ago I was quite um I was going to the gym a couple of times a week and then about a month or so ago I think I got COVID again and the reason why I say I think is because the test that I, that I did said I didn't have COVID but I, I think I, I was quite poor. I was very poorly at the time. And I my body aches in the same way as it did when I first got COVID. So a month on after getting a chest infection, I have an achy body. So my back, my hips, my knees hurt a month on from my chest infection. Um, and I've, I think I've only been to the gym once. So that set me back. Um, but other than that, I've recovered from whatever I had and I'm okay. But it's just affect my movement and my, my ability to exercise. What I've also done, which is not really meant to recommend, well, not, it's not so much recommend, it's not spoken about within the group, is that I, a couple of times a week, test my glucose levels. And I've noticed that my glucose levels have dropped so so it's going in the right direction even though when i'm naughty it's normally when i'm naughty over a couple of days with my eating if i do a glucose test i can see it creep back creep back up again so for me personally it helps me my glucose test but it's not something that's recommended by the group but yeah um i'm going to talk about now menopause and diabetes now i'm not a medical person i'm not a diabetes expert but i know a small amount um, and I would recommend people do their research and they talk to a health professional if they want more questions, you know, diabetes and menopause. One of the things that I've read, um, I've read this in different places, that if you experience um, early menopause or you go into the menopause stage under the age of 55, the chances of you developing diabetes is dramatically increased compared to if you go into the menopause after the age of 55. So I presume that my, because I'm presuming that my menopause stage, that one day after 12 months of not, not having a period, probably will happen, I'm presuming, in a few years or so so i'm presuming that i will be under 55 when i go through the official change when i'm menopausal and then i'm post 
So my apprehension is that I need to gain greater control of my pre-diabetes so I don't go into diabetes because I don't want to add to the additional risk of developing diabetes in my um, more senior years. Plus, I have a family history of diabetes. So my brother had type 1 diabetes and I've had quite a few relatives who have developed type 2 diabetes, including my father um, and my aunt and quite a few other people. So I know that through biological, biologically and lifestyle behaviour, that diabetes is something which is common within my family. And I want to kind of head it off. I want to um, try and stop it. So that's my challenge as um, a person to to come out pre-diabetes mode. And it's I don't want to increase the chances of develop, developing diabetes more any more than I need to. Um, and also, this is one of the things they say about HRT. They say that HRT is a great way to help protect women from diabetes, which I don't quite understand. Please don't take ev- what I've just said as being gospel. We'll search it or talk to your GP or, or doctor or nurse about that. But that's one of the benefits I've been told from HRT. It protects you. It's not a guarantee, of course, but it reduces the risk factor in relation to um, diabetes. But anyway, that's my discussion on diabetes. And I'll keep you updated, on, I suppose, on how I'm coming along. Just in case you are like me, either pre-diabetes or possibly diabetes. Um, I know I have purchased this book, which I haven't got in front of me. So next time I do a podcast, I'll try and get this book in front of me. It's about changing your diet and your lifestyle um, through natural stuff, no medication, kind of reversing the pre-diabetes element. And it's written by this absolutely lovely black man. I've forgotten his name, but what's really good about the book is the book talks about cultural food. So it's written by an Afro-Caribbean male and he um, is a, was a chef or is a chef. So he was diagnosed with diabetes and he reversed that he came out of diabetes by literally changing his diet. And because he has this relationship with food as a chef um, and he loves his Caribbean food, the book is full of cultural foods and strategies on handling diabetes so next time um i don't know when my, the book is because I, I was reading it I, i'll i'll give you an update of how i'm coming along because i know what the book suggests sea moss i've bought some sea moss but i haven't tried it yet because you have to soak it and then you do particular di- different things with it and he suggests different types of food mixes and and whatever so yeah i'll definitely um i'll probably do a book review actually, over the next few weeks with regards to that particular book. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The next thing I'm going to talk about is um, cost of living and menopause. I mean, this will be quite brief. It's just an observation and um, some, a few conversations I've had with people. And I suppose it's my kind of concern for some women um, that I know out there are struggling with menopause and they've opted to go to private health care to deal with their menopause because they're not happy with the National Health Service offering, if they've been offered anything. Stuff was going on around the cost of living and the cost of bills and stuff going up. I know quite a few women who were going without um, so that they could pay to see a private menopause expert. And my concerns really are, are some women going to have to stop their me their private menopause care because they've got bills to pay i mean it's, it's just it it's as, it's as simple as that some women are going to struggle aren't they if the only level of care they can get is through private care and they can no longer afford it will they stop or will they go into debt potentially menopause will put some women in debt because think about it if you feel better within your health seeing a private menopause doctor because they're able to provide you with the right menopause care to get you through what you need to go through are you going to give it up to pay the gas bill and then you'll feel terrible every day i mean some people might do but if you physically feel better i would imagine some women would go into debt and continue their private menopause care or menopause support, whatever they whatever they use in a private level, and feel okay during the day, rather than feel poorly every day or run down or in aches and pains every day or hot sweats and and not sleep every day, um, and pay bills. So my fear is that the menopause is going to contribute to debt for some women. And I don't like it, I'll be honest with you. I personally feel that people need to put more pressure on the National Health Service to provide adequate, basic menopause care for women who need it. I've, I truly believe that. I think we, I think because, I feel that the pressure that we have put on the medical side is not enough. I feel the National Health Service is 
for getting getting away with blue murder. To be honest with you, I don't understand why the menopause conversation isn't more more focused on addressing or fo- more focused on being proactive activism and putting pressure on the National Health Service to provide better basic menopause provision and also better social prescribing you know and social prescribing is about providing preventative care in the community for older women whether it's health and fitness clubs or whatever um i think social prescribing and better basic menopause care is needed from the government and the national health service and i think women need to put more pressure on the systems that are there to get that i think we need to stop fixating private menopause businesses there's loads of them out there selling all kinds of quite frankly rubbish and we need to focus more so on getting basic health care because if we don't we are guaranteed to have a health inequality within within menopause if it hasn't started already it's going to happen i can clearly see it because menopause provision for the poor or economically struggling is so inadequate and when people talk about menopause rights i don't hear enough emphasis on providing better standard of health care within the wider community and that's it really and um, the last section will be the interview with lovely jenny so enjoy Hi, this is Anita Powell and this is Black Menopause and Beyond. I'm here with Jenny Stout and she is a fabulous, fabulous woman. <laughs> I'll get her to introduce what she's done and who she is and what she's doing now. Hello, Jenny. Tell us a bit about you. Me? Well, I'm Jenny Stout, 57 years old. I um, was an ex-Olympian. I went to Olympic Games, 88 and 1992, where I got a bronze medal. And I was also rebel in the gladiators. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, and so and now I'm actually a running my own sports agency oh you sound like you're busy yeah very busy two teenage daughters as well 17 and 20 and also in athletics very very busy now today we're going to talk a bit about your menopause now your post menopause if i'm correct you no longer have your special time of the month am i correct in that yeah it's, i think that, that, that got left a long time ago <laughs> Yeah, I am now free. I am free, free, free. So yeah, I think, oh gosh, 57. I think I'm probably, probably about 52, 51, maybe, I don't know, somewhere around that area. Okay, so you now can wear white trousers whenever you want. White trousers, white trousers, and white trousers. And you know, and and it's really quite bizarre because now I've got my teenage daughters that are actually going through that whole process and it's actually quite interesting watching them navigating around the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, oh, you poor dog. Is that how you feel? Oh, don't worry. You still got another 40 years to go. <laughs> no empathy from the mother at all. No, none whatsoever. 
Now, I know that you only went on to HRT, what, nine months ago. Can you tell us why? Yeah, so I went on nine months ago because I heard a podcast um, with um, Davina McCall and talking about what the effects of the menopause does to the body and HRT. So for myself, I thought just as a nutritional side of things, um, not that I thought I was going through anything major in terms of just general hot sweats, that I would actually go in HRT for myself to see how it would feel. Okay. So you, you, you had hot sweats and that was really it? Yeah, yeah, I had hot sweats. There was no sort of like, you know, obviously there's always a change in mood and, you know, I'm quite emotional, but nothing that was really anything of great significance for me as an individual okay. and did the hot flushes stop um yeah they kind of subsided i didn't i won't say they completely went but they subsided and they were manageable um and what i found was that i had slightly a little bit more energy as well when i was on hrt and um and that um and, and then also as well i was just looking at looking to see the difference in how i am because you know i'm i'm quite sporty um, and i am quite of um uh, you know a committed person to myself so there's a lot of areas that i would cover quite easily without even thinking about it Okay, and did you also go in testosterone? Yeah, I went on testosterone. The whole chin hair didn't grow any more than I thought it would. But, you know, apparently, to be fair, the, t- the um, testosterone seemed to be like, you know, the magical key in between. I was a little bit sceptical at first because I was thinking, okay, you know, what's going to happen? You know, I've, I've already got five brothers, a little bit too close to home, but it was fine. Um, did you have any side effects with HRT well this is a good question here now because um, I have now literally taken myself off HRT Um, and the reason why is because for me personally what I found was that I was retaining a lot of water around my mid area my tummy and my lower back and I couldn't understand why and um, it was causing a lot of discomfort Um, and then I recalled a time when I was waiting for some more product to come through and I didn't have HRT for maybe be I think probably a month three weeks to a month and all that water had subsided so it it came back again and um, I felt really uncomfortable so I decided to take myself off um, and then I went to uh, my GP um, well um, to well to find out what was going on and uh, yeah she told me I had some issues going on <laughs> oh yeah some issues yeah so so what I found was that because of the water retention, and we don't know whether or not it caused it or not, I um, went and had a smear test. And um, to be fair, I have to say, I was debating whether to go or not, because I just thought, oh, it's just one of those things, you know, I've got weight around the midriff, it's all middle age, doesn't matter what you do, you can train, eat, if it's going to be there, it's going to be there. Uh, but something was niggling my mind, was telling me that something wasn't quite right. So I went to see um, um, a gynecologist that, that, that I know, and um, she did a smear test on me, and we found two little tiny growths. Oh. Very, very tiny. We, you know, we're, we're assuming they're going to be... Um, but they caught so where we're looking for now. Um, Pops. Yeah, pop, pop, pop something in them. Well, what they called? What are they called? But anyway, it's going to be benign anyway. But it's little tiny growths, and um, there's two of them, yeah. and uh, we're going to get them taken off quickly. Um, and so we're not we're not quite sure how that started. It could have been through HRT. It could have just been. Um, it just could have been just um, one of those things that it, that it, that happened. But now I've been told, or we have decided, or I have decided anyway, that I'm not going to go back on HRT. Okay, that's kind of a big U-turn. I mean, it must have been quite worrying finding the cysts there. Definitely. Yeah, I think. Do you know? 
worrying it do you know the, the thing that, that I think I would have been more worried about was the fact that I second guessed it because I was like you know if you told me to go fix my car yeah great I'll go and fix the car if you told me to go and do something else I'll go and do it but because to go and have a smear test or just to go and follow up with a gut instinct that I had of myself I was second guessing it I was thinking oh, I can't be bothered should I go and pay private what should I do and you know and for me after they found the growth I was like, wow, Jennifer, like, how could you even second guess that about yourself? Why is it so much easier to go and fix a car or do something else, but not put that money in yourself? Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that I went with mm -hmm. my, you know, with my gut instincts. And in terms of the HRT, look, you know, I've had to do a little bit more investigation and try and go the natural route. Um, you know, it may not be for everybody, but for me, this is the way that I've got to go. I mean, also, which we did mention earlier, with regards to all your HRT and everything, you've gone private, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, and the reason why I went private is because, um, for me, I am a bit of an impatient individual. <laughs> and, uh, you know, having to wait around and book an uh, you know, appointment and wait for results, I, I, I really want things done as quickly as possible, mm. because mainly because of the way that I am and where work is. So, um, yeah, I decided to go private and pay. And because also, as well, I, I knew the gynecologist. And, um, you know, and I've used her in the past on myself and for my teenage daughter. So I was very, very comfortable with the fact that she would be very thorough with me. That's good. Well, hopefully things go well. Um, and if you can keep us updated, that would be really good. Yeah, really. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I just think, you know, I don't think I would make anyone panic about HRT. I think that, you know, it's such an individual thing for a person. But what I would always do and always want to encourage women is to put themselves first and to actually listen to your bodies because your bodies tell you when something is not right and you know and um, you know with this water retention that I was having around mm. you know my stomach area I would have just put it down to every day just um, you know going for the menopause and life and my age and mm. all that sort of stuff and even though I was training hard and eating really sensible I couldn't understand why this was happening but also equally so my tummy felt very hard mm. and uh, it just didn't feel right mm. so um, I would just encourage women to put themselves first be committed to yourselves and if you've got something that doesn't seem right or don't put it off it doesn't matter go and do the research spend time on yourself mm. because at the end of the day the result will always be in your favour mm. thank you very much Jenny it's my pleasure and by the way can I say you look absolutely divine young lady Thank you. How much do I owe you for that? You don't owe me uh, anything, but you can buy me a coffee. <laughs> Next time, buy you a coffee. All right, honey, you could do that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to my podcast, Black Menopause and Beyond. This is Anita Powell and that's the end of the episode for today. If you wish to be kept up to date with future episodes, please follow or like whatever you listen to your podcast. Please, you know, keep in contact with me. I really appreciate it. Or follow my social media and all those links can be found in the show notes. If you wish to contact me, just email me. Details in the show notes. And also, I've made a reference to... Um, menopause businesses um being a load of rubbish i'm referring to those obscure ones there's, there's like businesses out there that are just weird you know um you can buy i've seen things like yam juice that can help you know control your menopause or your hot flushes and stuff be wary of obscure stuff that's out there that's apparently designed to minimize or reduce menopause i'm not saying that they can't because sometimes what they do is they promote good well-being um, as part of good well-being you're optimized on your health and, and therefore anything 
anything health-wise you experience, if you're at your optimum health, you generally have a better outcome. But other than that, some weird, freaky stuff out there. Just kind of be wary of it. <laughs> but anyway, I'm out, of, I'm out for today. Um, I'll be back soon. Have a fabulous day. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.